0: You're listening to episode 128, and today we're talking all about the stress of the holidays and how to manage it in the year 2020. Take a listen. Hey friends, welcome back to Same Boat Huddle, the podcast where we have real, raw, and honest talk about life as mothers. I'm your host, Erin Miller of Erin Joyce Co. I'm a certified counselor, personal development mentor for mothers, an author, and a published photographer. I know, quite a mix of things, right? (laughs) Becoming a wife to my main squeeze 10 years ago was a dream come true. I was on cloud nine. I was a new wife. I had just started my counseling career and my life was organized and I had energy to do all of the things. Fast forward five years from then, I had left my career. I was home with two babies while building my photography business and was hardly able to keep my head above water. Despite having an amazing husband, healthy children, and a beautiful home, I felt completely lost in my overwhelm. I was burnt out and then I hit rock bottom in my daily debilitating anxiety and I thought, this cannot be happily ever after. There has to be more than this. And guess what, Mama? There is. I get you. I hear you. I see you. I am you. I believe that every single mother can rewrite her story no matter what chapter she's on. You deserve more than the disheveled, burnt out, anxiety-ridden version of yourself that is hardly able to keep her head afloat. It's in this podcast that I am sharing how you can do that. Every week, I'm chatting about all of the tools and knowledge that I've collected over the past few years. These are the tools that not only pulled me out of survival mode, but are allowing me to thrive in motherhood. And guys, oh my gosh, I love my life so much. And it can be you too. Each episode, whether it's just me chatting or an interview with an amazing guest, it's going to be jam packed with content, inspiration, and heart. Are you ready to rewrite your story? Well, grab my hands and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to Same Boat Huddle. My name is Erin Miller of Erin Just Co. As always, thank you so much for stopping by and listening, whether it's your first episode or your 128th or anywhere in between. Uh, Today, I sound stuffed up because we are in the middle of dry air and we haven't turned our house humidifier on yet, and this is the result. So I'm praying (laughs) that I don't, (laughs) end up sneezing during the episode, but such is life. We'll see what happens. Um, if you have not gone out and purchased my book, Motherhood Stripped, I would love it if you did. This is such a passion project. And it's, you know, what's amazing as I found, I'm actually going to open it up because I have this book right here. I was looking for another journal. So if you know me, you know, I have a lot of books and journals and they just really collect over the years. And I found a page in this book and I don't even know when I wrote it. I I don't even remember writing it. I know it was well over a year ago, so there's a chance that I wrote it after I signed with my publisher, um, or at least after I came up with the idea for my book, Um, but I don't know. Either way, it's really cool. I wrote, helping to deliver a message about motherhood. This isn't just my message, but my mom's and my me-moms, and all women need need and deserve to hear it um and then i i drew this picture that basically signified for me so it's two circles kind of coming together like an infinity sign almost um and just running together as if the universe you know from top to bottom with the universe at the bottom and and or at the universe at the top and me at the bottom and it's just this um like constant movement where i'm uh, i'm serving my purpose i don't know it's it's just an amazing thing and that is exactly how I feel about this book that this isn't just my message I just feel like um you know I'm kind of like the the messenger of of a bigger higher power kind of message and I'm just so grateful to have had the platform and resources to be able to actually write this book and and make it a physical book, and I, I'm just so excited to share it. So, um, you know, it really goes through my story, through my own anxiety and how I got there, and how I didn't even see myself getting there. I think that's the most important part that I want everyone to take away from reading my story. It's not so much about me, but about how. Um, blindly we can end up in this space, this dark hole. It's like, how did I get here? This isn't where I started. Um, And then the second part is this comprehensive method that I designed called the layered growth method. And it came to me in writing the book. And it's really just going through all of the things we can do to support ourselves. And it isn't about getting rid of our anxiety. And I know sometimes that's not sometimes, but always hard to hear if you're someone who's really in the thick of it. Um, but there is a way to manage it and really heal a lot of pieces of it. So it's not such a huge part of your life anymore. So I'm someone who it it took, it was a third wheel all the time. It was just with me all the time. And there were a lot of days I just could hardly even get through. It was, I remember there was a point I was never, I never had suicidal ideation, but I've had days where I was like, I, I literally can't live like this anymore. Like this cannot be an option, but I don't know how to get out of this cycle of waking up and feeling such dread and such a great cloud. And, and it was just such a struggle to get through every single day. Um, and I'm happy to be able to sit here and tell you that through everything I've done, which I share in the layered growth method in the second part of the book is um, how I've gotten to a space where it's not that I never feel anxiety, but it's it doesn't carry the same weight. It'll show up a little bit here and there. And when I feel it, it's more of a curiosity like, huh, all right, why is that showing up? And it, it just comes and goes so much easier um, and just doesn't have so much control anymore. And that's my goal for women to get through. And if you're not someone who deals with anxiety, it's really about also taking these tools to relieve ourselves of the overwhelm. Because as women and mothers, we've we've just designed this pattern as a culture, as a society, that we take on everything and we are burning ourselves out so big. So all of these tools really help um, give some perspective on how to change that narrative and be able to show up every day and feel really good. And at least for the most part, you know, for the majority because we have to have polarities in life. There's no such thing as always happy, always perfect. Um but for your baseline in your majority to be happy and grateful and just high vibe, high energy kind of feeling through being a mom. So anyway, for those of you who have picked up the book and whenever you're finished reading, leaving a review and rating on Amazon is so super important for authors. So even if you didn't get your copy from Amazon, you can still go ahead over there to leave a rating and review and I appreciate it so much. So today what I want to talk with you about is kind of a little bit about burnout, Um, but in regards to the holidays. So as I record this, when it's going live, it's Thanksgiving week here in the States uh, and we have the holiday season coming upon us. And whether you're listening to this around the holidays or not, I also feel like it's just something super relevant. And no matter where we are in life in, in a pandemic year, around the holidays, whatever it is, I think all of this stuff is relevant. So, what I did was, <clears throat> I jotted down some things that I think can be super valuable in managing holiday stress, um, burnout, basically anything, like I just mentioned. There is no order to what I wrote down. I just kind of pulled things together um, that I felt were really important things to share. Uh, so, it would be really valuable, I think, in this episode to even like take notes. At least some mental notes. So I'm just going to go through the list. We're going to talk about these things, and then at the end of the episode, I will um, repeat the the list of things so that you can hear them all in one space. So the holidays can be hard, regardless. Pair them on top of a pandemic year, we are all burnt out. I so of. I I live in a network of women and human beings who are super grounded, super spiritual, have really really diligent self-care practices and of even of the, those people, quote unquote, they're also hitting burnout. And it's just proof that we're dealing with something so big and energy so big right now in our world that even the the most um, you know, textbook perfect practice is penetrable. Is that a word? Penetratable? I don't know. (laughs) With all the stress that is going on. And the thing is, is that's okay. It's a matter of recognizing that and saying, what can I do? So if you're someone who doesn't have the, the diligence in those types of practices, you might be feeling it more. And that's also okay. It's always, I say, it always starts with awareness. And then when you have the awareness, you're able to make the changes. It's almost similar to, to talking about addiction and how you can't help someone who doesn't admit like, Hey, I have a problem. So if you don't have the awareness of, of the problem, quote unquote, then you can't fix it. Right? So awareness is number one of realizing this isn't working for me and I want to change it, or I at least don't want to feel it anymore. So number one, know your values and beliefs. And this is so huge. And I think it's a huge point that we miss. And it really is a number one, even though these aren't in any type of order. But I, I feel like so many of us aren't even fully aware of what it is that we value and believe in because we're so stuck on making sure other people are happy. Right? We want to keep the peace. We want to, we're, as nurturers and caretakers and givers, like we, we just want to be sure everyone else is happy. And we really lose ourselves in this practice. We can take care of other people, but also take care of ourselves and honor ourselves. So, what this looks like when we don't really hone in on what our values and beliefs are is that we, we end up doing things that go against our belief systems, and we only realize it afterwards, right? So that's kind of like, in terms of the holidays, it's like going to someone's house and getting stuck in conversations or... Um, uh, yeah, I think conference, just any type of relationship inside or, or the way you're doing things or say, uh, you don't, you don't want to go travel for the holidays, especially let's talk about it. Like it's not a pandemic year. There's so many layers to this conversation. It can get so confusing. So I'll try try and keep it streamlined, but that you go do these things and the whole time it's creating a, a Um, like a dis-ease inside of you because it's going against your values and beliefs because maybe your beliefs are, as a family, we should be celebrating at home. We shouldn't be rushing out the door to go drive to five different families' houses. That goes against my belief system. But oftentimes we're doing those things. We feel the dis-ease in it and the frustration in it. We feel ourselves getting agitated and irritable, but we can't even fully articulate why. And it's because we haven't fully Owned our own values and our belief systems, and this is also going to come up in when I talk about expectations. So be sure that you take some time to really understand what are my values and beliefs around X, Y, and Z. So around the holidays, around how I want to show up inside of this pandemic, around how I want to spend time with people, around um, my work, my my family, anything you want. And then once you understand those values and beliefs they'll be more clear to you. You'll you'll gain some clarity in what you can then move forward and have a lot more insight of, well, this clearly doesn't line up with my belief system and because of that, I don't want to do it. And you you end up building a confidence and a decisiveness in being connected with yourself. So find your values and your beliefs and own them and know that it's okay if they're not the same as other people's. Number two, stop, think, and decide. <clears throat> So again, that all of this is really connected. Oftentimes there's just a an autopilot, I'm going to say. We just move through autopilot. So again, we're not aligned with our beliefs and our values because we're just doing things that go against it, but we're also not not taking the time to decide on things. People will say like, "Why don't you guys come over for dinner?" And you're like, "Oh, okay." And you're not really taking the time to think about, is this something that I want to do? So I actually was thinking of the stop, drop, and roll, you know, have a system in place of like, okay, this is, this is the offer. Let me stop. Let me really think about what this looks like, what it's going to pan out to feel like, and then decide. So, okay, we have an offer to go to dinner. We have, you know, I'm being asked to work late. I'm, um, whatever, excuse me, whatever it might be, really sit and think about it. We we are so caught in autopilot that we've stopped thinking about what we're doing. We're kind of always off in another land of thinking, projecting forward, um, already being pissed off about something that hasn't happened yet, but we're not taking the time to really think about the present moment and what does this look and feel like. So stop, think, and then decide. Number three, reframe your yeses and your nos. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in the past five years has been when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else, always, period. So you really have to think about if I'm saying yes to this, what am I saying no to? So for me in my life, it was when I'm saying yes constantly to to work, I'm saying no to me, I'm saying no to my family, I'm saying no to quality time. Um, so while I'm saying yes to great clients, while I'm saying yes to more money, more work, I'm also saying no to other things and you really have to choose what, again, stop and think about it before you decide which one feels good and know that there is going to be a no to something and no's are boundaries and no's can oftentimes feel uncomfortable. And in my experience, when I choose myself, that no is the most uncomfortable. So we take for granted the, so we typically will say no to the, the people closest to us, including ourselves, because we trust those relationships to have the resiliency to withstand the no's, right? We're afraid to say no to, to the more unstable relationships, whether it's with our work, whether it's with money, our extended family, all of those things. So yeah, it might be really uncomfortable that if half your family is like, we're getting together for Thanksgiving or for this holiday and you're sitting there going, it doesn't line up with my belief system. And I want to say yes to staying home where I feel safe and it feels aligned with what I believe, but then it's saying no to people who might give me some crap about it or make me feel bad about it. So either way, no's are going to happen. So also in that in that regard, if we say yes to, again, be the caretakers and the nurturers and make everyone happy and comfortable, what are you saying no to? You're saying no to your safety, to your comfort, to um, to ease, to your belief systems, to your values. And how does that feel? And when we constantly are choosing others' comfort over our own, this is when it begins to turn into anxiety and depression and overwhelm and burnout because we're not choosing ourselves first. So again, reframe your yeses and your noes and choose them wisely. Number 4. I did not put numbers next to my list, so I'm going to do my best to count down. <laughs> Come from love and always allow everyone to have their own beliefs. So again, with that same example, with dinner, going to dinner. Okay. <laughs> this is such a can of worms. There are a lot of beliefs out there right now. And they're very strong and opinionated. And a lot of people are presenting their belief systems as the only belief system and that anyone who disagrees that there needs to be a debate. And that really fixes nothing. It just creates more tension. Let everybody have their own belief system let everybody have their own beliefs, let everybody have their own opinions. And that's where, so we can say no with love, you know, like I know that me, like us choosing to be the the outliers here and not go to dinner or, and I, I say it that way, but it can go in all directions. You could also be the outliers. Like we're choosing to spend time with our family this holiday because we don't believe in isolating ourselves. You are entitled to believe whatever you want to believe in. And it's important. To stay aligned with your belief system, but it's also important to have love and respect for everybody else. That if your belief system isn't the same as somebody else's, let them have that. You know, if your whole family is getting together and you have that one family member who's like, "I'm not coming, I don't want to," let be like, "Okay, we, we, tr- or we respect. We respect that you're staying home." And we love you and we miss you, and we'll see you soon. You know, let's FaceTime each other. It's just, it's really, really important to hold a space of love and compassion as you're making your decisions and setting your boundaries because it gives everyone permission to just be themselves. And that's what we want for us, right? We want people to respect what we're choosing to do for ourselves. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to be patronized or belittled. And just as much as you want that for you from other people, they want that for them as well. So we have to, like, whatever we give, we get. And it's really important to hold that space of just compassion and love for everybody's going to do their own thing right now. And we have to be okay with that in some regards. And again, this is kind of a a rabbit hole conversation because I in, in my mind, I'm hearing the, <laughs> the like responses of like, we can't be quiet about things because nothing will change. I know there's there's a lot, uh, of, again, of heated emotion around everything that's going on right now, but it, it, what I want you to take away from this is that you have, you have the right to believe what you want to believe in, period. Choose it, own it, and make your decisions off of that and with that, but also with respect and compassion and love for other people. Okay, number five, let things go. This is in terms of, well, I guess everything. (laughs) We have to be uh, more flexible in letting things go. So this is maybe some people's responses. It could be something like that. It could also be the laundry and the dishes. We need to let things go right now. There is nothing about what we're going through right now that is normal. And we cannot hold ourselves to a standard of living outside of a pandemic. And, and the holidays. Holidays can bring on a lot of family stress. A lot of people might be experiencing grief right now after losing a loved one, whether it was last month or 15 years ago or whatever it is. That The holidays can bring on a lot and it's really imperative that we're not avoiding the feelings that are coming up by you know, doing the laundry and doing the dishes and everything is look perfect. And I, you know, I'm holding myself to the standard to have all the Christmas shopping done before, before the holidays. But even though I'm so stressed out right now and so burnt out, I'm still going to do it. We really have to allow ourselves to let things go. It's no time like the present than to be the opposite of a perfectionist. It's imperative for your mental health and ultimately even your physical health because your mental health is going to affect your physical health let things go. Number six, share accountability. So what I mean by this is we have to own our feelings, not other people's feelings. Share the accountability, (laughs) share the love. If someone in your life is not happy about your choice, your decision from your belief system and your values, that's okay. They are entitled to their own feelings and they're also accountable for their own feelings. We are not in charge of other people's feelings. We cannot make other people happy. We cannot make other people feel okay. We are not responsible to make other people feel comfortable. They are. Happiness and comfort comes from the inside of the other person. A lot of people assume that those emotions and feelings come from external circumstances. So that's why we do a lot of finger pointing and blaming and seeking to get things from the outside to make us happy like once i get the money once i get the car once the pandemic is over once we're back to school once we're back to work once we're back to normal once the holidays are over then i'll be happy then i'll be calm then my anxiety will be gone this is not true we are lying to ourselves none of this comes from the outside of course external er- cir- <laughs> external circumstances are going to be affecting how we process our feelings and emotions so we might access those feelings and emotions differently and through a different avenue, but they're still inside of us. And that is our responsibility to access them. So this doesn't mean I'm making this decision and I see that you're pissed off. I don't give a crap. Those are your feelings. That's not showing up in love and compassion, like I mentioned before. It's okay that other people might be upset about something, but saying like, hey, and I don't even agree with apologizing because there's nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. So again, with just the example of I'm not coming to family dinner, if someone's upset about that, it's saying like, "I, I see how upset you are. And I know that this is a really hard time. And I look forward to when we can be together again without this stress. And, um, you know, what, what do you think could help you in the situation. like You let me know because then they can come up to decide, like, okay, maybe we can FaceTime together or uh, I don't know, you can think outside the box. The podcast isn't about the creative thinking (laughs) of how to deal with our emotions, but just saying allow others to deal with their emotions. We're allowed to have sympathy for them. We don't need to take accountability for other people's feelings. Let's share the accountability. Number eight, I think. (laughs) be mindful of expectations and communicate them. Let me ask you, how many of us have pictured in our minds exactly what the holiday would look like? And I'll just say it, it's probably a little bit like a Hallmark movie or something. (laughs) And everyone's happy and it's, Is it unrealistic? I don't know. That doesn't matter. But just that's the expectation. And then reality hits and everyone's grumpy and fighting and rushing and irritable and agitated. And it's so far from your expectation and you're just so pissed off. Maybe in your mind, you're thinking like the kids are going to make their beds and my husband's going to make me or your person or whoever. If you're married, you know, we all have different lifestyles and people in our households, but like, I'm going to be given, you know, someone's going to pour me a cup of coffee and I'm going to sit down and relax and read a book for a little bit before we get moving or whatever, whatever those expectations are. Communicate them because so often we create these expectations in our mind. We share them with no one. And then we get really mad at our people when those expectations are not fulfilled. It's because we have not communicated them. People cannot read our minds. Does not mean that if we share our expectations, that's exactly what's gonna happen. No, but you since the communication is open, it's open and you get to talk about it. So if you have if you have this expectation of I'm I'm gonna sleep in and then I'm gonna wake up and have a cup of coffee and read a book for an hour before we have to do anything or you know my husband's gonna make the kids breakfast and whatever it might be share that with your husband and say, hey, so I have this fun idea for Thanksgiving. I would love it if it looked like this or Christmas or again, whatever. It could just be a regular Saturday outside of holidays, whatever. I would love the day to look like this. What do you think about that? And that's when you can communicate. And I'm telling you, when you communicate that stuff, it's more likely that is what it's going to look like or what's going to happen. And you get to do that together. And then likewise, allow your people to share expectations too. Maybe it can be a fun dinner conversation of like, what does everyone see Thanksgiving looking like? Like, what would you like to do? And work together as a team to really allow yourselves to fulfill those expectations. But the number one takeaway here is just know if you're not communicating your expectations we can't be upset when they aren't met because no one knows what they were (laughs) except us. And if we're just kind of sitting there waiting for those things to happen, or we're trying to implement them, but no one's doing what I want them to do. It's because you didn't share the game plan with them. It's kind of like playing football and you're the quarterback. Like, let's face it, the moms are the quarterbacks. If we're not communicating the play, like if you're watching this game and thinking like, I know that this play is going to get us a touchdown. And you're just kind of assuming like everybody should know that. Of course, like isn't it obvious that this is what the play should be? And then you you go out and and have the next kick and you're and people are going in every different directions doing different things. You can't stand there being pissed off at your team being like, "Why the hell didn't you follow this play?" It's because you didn't communicate it. But if you pull them in for a huddle and say this is what we're doing, okay, break, and then, and again, sometimes play don't, they don't go according to like how we thought they'd go, but at least everyone's trying, you know, we, we all have the same goal in mind at least, and we can work together as a team. So there's your metaphor on sharing expectations and communicating them. Number nine, keep your rituals and routines. I find this to be super important, but in a way you probably wouldn't expect. I wake up before six a.m. every day. Sometimes it's closer to five a.m. Sometimes it's a little closer to six a.m. I spend about an hour. Sometimes a little more, depending on how early I get up. I have um, I have a little bit of coffee with my chicory root and uh, my oatmeal creamer, and I sit in my office, curled up on my couch, and I, I journal, 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 and meditate like for an hour. And <clears throat> and then I get up and we start our breakfast and getting ready. By seven a.m., we're out the door by eight. I'm not going to do this on our days off. I live for days off. I live for weekends because I love the flexibility of being able to break the rigid structure of the week. This is the yin and the yang, friends. This is how I, I really balance out that need to control everything and allowing there to be just some flow. But we keep our rituals and routines, meaning this morning, it's a weekend. My husband and I woke up when we woke up. There was no alarm. The kids were, you know, they wake up and they curl up on the couch and watch their shows, whatever. And then we had our coffee. I sat down downstairs to do my journaling. I did my my Sunday um, aligned energetic scheduling and had a little bit of coffee. We did a little bit of scrolling. We talked about what do we want to do today. So it looks very different than my weekly routine, but it's very similar. And then we got up and we made breakfast. It's totally different time. It's a little bit of a different routine because it's not exactly the same, but we keep the structure of what that routine looks like because it's what we all know and it keeps us grounded. It's really important to keep that grounding. So I know it's really easy during times off to get rid of bedtime completely, sleep in way too late, watch a ton of TV, skip meals eat really different food which I'll get to all of those things and it begins to unground us and it adds into our agitation and our frustration and all of those kinds of feelings. So keep your rituals and routines and the same goes for the evening too. Like I'm not going to bed the same way, same time, but I'm still taking the time to do my routine of my shower and my lotion and my face stuff and reading a little bit or but but since we're on vacation and we don't have to get up as early, maybe my husband and I are throwing in it we don't usually watch TV during the week at this point, but maybe we want to watch a TV show and stay up a little later, right? So that's how it's it's a little different, but we're still keeping the main structure of the routine. And that's going to keep you all very grounded, know what to expect, and just keep just enough structure in your day to day so that you Um, hold on to that momentum and the expectation. It's really important for our brains because when we lose those routines and rituals, our brain becomes confused because it doesn't know what to expect. And when it doesn't know what to expect, it's heightened in watching for things that might be dangerous. And then our fight or flight comes on. Okay. So these routines and rituals are super important, especially for those of us who suffer from overwhelming anxiety. And I'll tell you what, because we're all going into this burnt out, we're already there. So it's not going to take a whole lot to push our brains into that fight or flight. So this is like super like asterisk, this one, <laughs> routines and rituals, keep them. Remove the triggers. That's number nine, 10 okay, whichever number, <laughs> remove the triggers. So this is anything that's triggering you. Is there a person? Is there a show? Is it the news? Is it social media? Is it especially social media, seeing people with their matching PJs and their clean house and it's perfectly decorated and they're making cookies and everyone's happy. Like We, we are just so flooded with highlight reels. And when we're in a state of burnout and possibly overwhelm or anxiety, or just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like this is so hard. I'm really struggling. And then we look at things that are basically supporting that belief of like, oh, look, I am really struggling. This person's not like, I really suck. It is going to trigger you. And I'll tell you right now, what we see on social media is not all the truth. And I actually did a story on this, an IG story, where I shared our new renovated bathroom it's beautiful. Like a lot of our house that's renovated is just stunning. We've been doing it for over 2 years now. It's slow and steady wins the race. But not our whole house looks like that. Like our garage until a week ago was I when I tell you it's a toolbox and a trash can. I'm telling you it's a, a toolbox and trash can. Like straight out of a hoarder's TV show. Unbelievable. It's just kind of what happens when you're in the middle of a renovation. You have all these things on your plate. It does not look perfect we have slowly been creating the goals to get things better and now we have two cars in the garage which is unbelievable i'm so excited but in the ig story i show this new renovated bathroom it's you know it's modern it's gray and white like everything else beautiful but then i turned the video around to show the hallway it has a wonky banister that's not safe because it's moving everywhere we have Wallpaper from 1987 that we, like half of it is peeled off because we walk by and just like rip pieces off. I don't know why. It's just gratifying. Ugly as heck. We have blue carpet from 1987 and we have doors off hinges. I mean, it's a wreck. And I wanted to show that because you don't always get to see what's behind the person holding the camera. And not everything is perfect. So that's, I mean, that's a rabbit hole of a conversation and a tangent, but just please remove your triggers. This could be things you're looking at. This could be things that you're smelling. It could be people. It could be food. It could be beverage. Really be aware of this is triggering me and I need to remove it and then go do that. Okay. The last one, watch your food and drink. This isn't the time. So, I'm a huge fan again. Like I had mentioned, I live for the weekends and time off because I just love the reprieve of the strict structure that we all thrive on, right? Like, you need, I love the strict structure because that's how I thrive. But I begin to lose steam and burn out if I have to hold myself to that every single day. So, I really love the reprieve. And isn't that what the weekends are designed for? It's, two days off. So that's how I take them. But you keep your routines and rituals and really be mindful of your your food and drink. It's okay to drink and eat a little differently than you usually do. So maybe like I don't drink alcohol during the week, but I love some wine on the weekends. We do that during the holidays too, but it's that time to indulge, right? Just be super mindful. I think a lot of us can eat and drink and not realize how much it could be affecting our well-being. Um like gluten for instance, you assume okay, so uh, you assume that food and drink is going to affect your digestive system. It's very obvious when food and drink is affecting your digestive system. You might have Um, some difficulty with using the bathroom or like not enough, (laughs) maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you have gas, you have bloating, like super obvious things. You may have gained a couple pounds. A lot of what we don't recognize is that food and drink can really affect our mental, emotional health and just even how our brain functions. So for instance, my husband and I know about ourselves that if we drink alcohol, we are going to be short fused the next day period. We're super mindful of that so that we can be aware, support each other and support ourselves so that we can manage that. And it's why we don't really drink during the week because it's really beneficial to have emotional regulation when you're working and having, you know, have have kids. So just really kind of look at any connections that you've been sadder or you feel depressed or you're a lot more anxious and see if you can find any connections and then just watch those things in moderation. I'm not saying we have to eliminate everything, but like I just mentioned with alcohol, we see it, we see the connection and we moderate and we support each other. So if you see those connections like, oh, when I, anytime I eat ice cream, I seem to feel depressed the next day probably not the best idea to eat ice cream every single night all the time. It's moderation. It's recognizing. I see this connection. I'm going to have ice cream tonight. I will expect that I'll feel a little sadder tomorrow, but I know I'm expecting that. And I'm going to be sure I go for a walk, drink a lot of water and have a detox tea or something like that to just support yourself. So really notice and be hydrated, period. No excuses, no moderation in water and, uh, just support yourself that way. So guys, that's all I have. Uh, and I, I, there are so many different things. And like I had said, I, I, my brain almost gets overwhelmed and thinking about this because this isn't just for the holidays. This isn't just when we're in a pandemic and holidays and pandemic stuff is so complicated and complex. And there are so many different viewpoints and perspectives. Um, and I'm seeing just uh, a lot of just projecting outward of our, our beliefs and what we think is right and what we think is wrong. And I just want to put out there that we, we are right in who we are. And there's something really beautiful that happens when we allow other people to have the space to be right in who they are too. And again, share that accountability and fill the space between us with love and compassion and know that that's not, um, an easy way out, it's not avoiding things. There's something really remarkable that can happen in healing and um yeah, just in healing when we really put that love and compassion in the middle of the space between us, and it's not going to fix everything like a light switch. And again, we have to allow the accountability and allow people to have their feelings and their emotions. And that's I'll put that out there too. So this isn't on the list, but allow yourself to feel your feelings. Here's a perfect example. We have recently allowed our kids to begin using our phones again for a little bit of time. So we're, aside from TV, we're basically like a no screen household. Simply, and I don't, when I say that, if you're like, oh my gosh, my kids are on their iPads all the time. Great. Like I actually don't, part of me is jealous. I will tell you, (laughs) our kids just lose their minds when they're on devices. And it's, it creates a really, really difficult household, and so we've just had to take it away. But now that our kids are getting a little older, and they have friends who are on devices a lot, and they talk about games and all these things, we we have made the decision, let's see how it feels to do this with boundaries. So our boundaries are that they get a little bit of phone time on Fridays and Saturdays, and we time it and just to have the expectations and the boundaries so they know what to expect and it isn't this, can I be on the phone today? Question. My son, our son is, if you've listened to me at all, you know I share that he's an emotional guy. He's an empath. He is um highly sensitive person. He, I definitely see that he's feeling a collective energy right now. And because of that, his responses are a little bigger than normal. When they're big anyway. But he recently, when we implemented this and phone time was up, timer went off, phone time was up, he lost his mind. He was saying mean things like, I don't even remember, but little kid mean things, you know, like, I never want to see you again. I can't believe you're so mean. This isn't fair. Like that kind of stuff, stomping away, crying loudly and and very, I don't want to say dramatically because I don't think that's fair. Like he was feeling his emotions, right? So I talked to him about it after he calmed down a little bit. I said, talk to me about the feelings that came up for you when this time was up. Ultimately, we realized that he felt disappointed. And even though he knew his time was up, it just creates almost like a grief inside of him to know like that's it for a whole week. Like that's it for a whole week. And I've been looking forward to it all week and it goes so fast. And those are legitimate feelings. And I validated that. And I said, yeah, man, like that stinks. That feels really bad. So what we talked about was, is it okay to have these feelings when phone time is up? And the answer is yes, you get to feel your feelings. But what does it look like to feel them? And we talked about how it's okay to feel disappointed, but can we say mean things? Should we stomp around the house? Um, Those kinds of things. And what he decided was, if I feel the feelings, I'm going to go up to my room and feel them And then come back down. And that's what he's been doing. And it's really sweet because he'll be like, I have feelings that I need to go feel. And he'll go to his room and feel them. So I encourage you to do the same thing. That It's not about... Be all happy and toxic positivity and be love and compassionate, and you know, have someone share their feelings with you that totally triggers you and be like, Hey, it's okay, it's all right. That's not at all what I'm saying. We need to be accountable for our feelings in understanding how this person's treating me, or how this situation is happening, or seeing my friends do this, or whatever is triggering me and it's making me feel blank. Feel your feelings but we feel them appropriately. We don't stomp. We don't rage on social media. We don't, like, it's a a matter of how do I feel this so I can feel it completely and in a healthy way and move through it and move on. And that might be going to your room. It might be journaling. It might be going for a run. It might be walking outside. It might be just sitting out front and getting some fresh air. It might be hugging somebody. It might be crying. It might be screaming in your car in the driveway. Get the emotion out and they'll allow it to move completely through. So, feel your feelings is really important. And this isn't about moving through this, smiling and getting, you know, feeling perfect. It's about being imperfect right now. And it's about a lot of forgiveness and a lot of surrender and a lot of awareness and reflection and. Okay, to not be okay, kind of feeling, but not projecting that outward and stirring our own pots, right? So, let me summarize these few things. Number one, know your values and your beliefs. Number two, stop, think, and then decide. Number three, reframe your yeses and your noes and choose them wisely. Number four, come from love and allow everybody to have room for their own beliefs and have compassion. Number five, let things go. Number six, Share accountability. Number seven, share accountability in people's feelings, like everything. Share accountability in everything. Number seven, be mindful of your expectations and communicate them. Communication is number one with everything. Number eight, keep your rituals and routines. Number nine, remove your triggers when you notice what they are. Number ten, watch your food and drink. And the number eleven, feel your feelings. Allow them to come up. Okay, friends, I'm sending you so much love and strength and room to be you and room to be imperfect. Remember, we need the polarities in life. We cannot feel pure joy and happiness if we don't allow ourselves to feel the opposite of those feelings. And I know that it's uncomfortable. But in order to find our new baseline in joy and happiness, we have to move through those big feelings. And now is such a beautiful time to practice your... Uh, confidence in finding your your beliefs and your values and choosing them, choosing your yeses, choosing your nos, uh, and loving your people in a new way, including yourself. So I'm sending you lots of love uh, and and wish a beautiful holiday season for you. I will obviously be, I'll be here every week through Christmas and uh, I'm excited to talk with you more. As always, if any of you have questions or suggestions or can you talk more about this or can you help me with this, I'm happy to make it into a podcast episode. I'm also always happy to just talk with you behind the scenes. So always feel free to email me, Aaron erin at ErinJoyceCo.com or you can DM me on Instagram. My handle is Uh And I, I as I, I love hearing from you guys. I love talking with you. I love getting to know you. I love supporting you. Uh, so never hesitate to reach out. I am I'm a person just like you and love hearing from you. So again, sending you lots of love. Be sure to read Motherhood Stripped. Leave a rating and review. Uh, leave a rating and review for the podcast as well. It's always just an amazing help for for the podcast world. Uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, before you go, we have a couple favors to ask. Leave a rating and a review. Your ratings and reviews tell the podcast people that this podcast is worth listening to and then they help it get to the people who need to hear it. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Erin Co. I love seeing which episodes you love and you also get to help me get the message out to other mamas that life can be pretty amazing. And if you're not a part of my free Facebook group, be sure to join. It's called Same Boat Huddle. Kind of easy to remember, right? It's the safe space to connect with other women just like you and to also get even more of me. I can't wait to see you there. That's it. Don't forget,
1: treat treat others the the way way you want want to be treated. treated.
0: Have a great week.